Hi, I'm Vincey Glenn, getting ready for the Desert Ray Show. Come join us. This is Chris Lambert. Don't forget to listen to the Desiree Show tonight. It's going to be awesome. Thank you for having me. All right, greetings and happy Wednesday. It is the fifth day of October. This is the Desiree Show, first downs and flip tricks. Uh, and we're deep into October, deep as in five days into October today. Uh, thanks for holding on, you guys. I had a little technical difficulties there, and so we are starting off the show a smidgen after uh, after the normal time. So, I've, you know, and I've got to start off tonight with saying um, happy birthday to uh, some really special friends. I don't know what it is about me, but I have a lot of friends with birthdays, a lot of very special and close friends with birthdays in October, and today alone, uh, five, which is just nuts. So um, first, I want to wish a huge happy birthday to uh, Ray Barbie, Christian Hasoy, Matt Hensley, and obviously also to uh, Johnny Layton. With that being said, something's wrong with my microphone. So if I sound a little off tonight, that's why. It's not going where I want it to go. Okay, that's a little bit better. Now, San Diego fans, if you're a Chargers fan, I'm sorry. Uh, the Saints came marching in and uh, took it with a 13-point lead uh, by San Diego and walked away with a W, their first win of the season. However, there's more injuries, and I think you've all, if you're tuning in locally, you know uh, Jason Brett was also uh, is out with a torn ACL, and he's out for the season uh, as well. At least that's what he's saying. The Chargers are saying a little bit differently. Um, but I want to talk to Roberto a little bit about that as well. You know, uh, there's been a lot of injuries here in San Diego, a lot of injuries across the board all over the NFL. I mean, Adrian Peterson going down. Uh, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, I, and I could go on with a huge list of big-time playmakers, skill position players that have gone down this season. Uh, but I want to talk to Roberto about that because he's got this new um, – as I said, I'm going to let him speak speak to us a little bit more about that. But he's got this phenomenal uh, new facility uh, of training, and it's in it's in tons of tears, tons of tears. But anyways, he's going to be coming up soon. I do want to hit on a few other things, uh, but and I and I will if we have time. I'll go into my notes for the Chargers uh, New Orleans debacle or implosion. Uh, better better stated, a lot of angry. Uh, a lot of angry San Diego fans. Um, I was getting text messages from my Saints fans and uh, from Raiders fan friends and uh, a few Charger just desperate down in the dumps fans. So um, I won't disclose any names, but uh, I will say that Sal Barbier wasn't needed uh, on that defense, which he thought he might be. He said he was a pretty good safety. Anyways, um, I want to also let you guys know. So if you're local here in San Diego or if you're in Los Angeles or in Orange County, uh, huge events coming up as well this weekend. That would be Rumble in Ramona. And uh, that's going to be obviously at Ramona. There's bands. There's an outdoor vert ramp. It's super sick. It's super kind of old school backyard ramp feeling. Uh, really cool event. So if you are in the area, I definitely encourage you to make the mission up there. It's a really cool little town as well. And coming up as well this weekend, or actually tomorrow, uh, something that I'm pretty grateful to be a part of. Bryce Knights uh, reached out to me to be a part of the Boarding for Breast Cancers Art and Photo Show, which is going to be tomorrow night um, 
at B Core in Los Angeles, and that's on Mateo Street in Los Angeles. Uh, and you want to check out Boarding for Breast Cancer. Um, it's called Amplify. It's an art show fundraiser, all funds going towards Boarding for Breast Cancer. Um, big ups to uh, Lisa Hudson and Tina Bassage and all the ladies that have been a part of making this a staple. Um, also to Shani Joe as well, whose birthday is coming up as well, uh, since I'm on the note of birthdays. So uh, with that being said, again, Boarding for Breast Cancer, there's a bunch of charity events. It is October. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I encourage you, um, you know, I know Shani Joe from Keep Breast did a, uh, wanted to do a live mammogram, her first live mammogram on Facebook Live. That was not possible. They wouldn't let her do it, but she did do kind of a step-by-step of her own experience, and she is the founder of Keep a Breast. Um, dot org. Not to be affiliated or not to be affiliated, I shouldn't say that, not to be mistaken for boarding for breast cancer. So there's a tons, tons of phenomenal uh, organizations out there helping other people. So uh, coming up, as I mentioned, I, you know, there's San Diego Charger fans. I don't know about you, um, but 13 points isn't enough, isn't enough if you're a San Diego Chargers fan. And I don't know why that is so. And I know that field goals versus touchdowns doesn't get you winning the game, especially when you're at home against Jubilees. So with that being said, I've said that. Let's see. Let's take a toll. Let's take a poll, a toll, a poll. Um, I, you know, and I want to read out something. There's, I, as I mentioned, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of feelings here today, or the last few days, um, for San Diego. And I, and I might even say the San Diego Browns, because I think, and what I've heard that's to be confirmed, is that teams don't know how to win. Um, that something in the makeup of learning how to win. And I think it just goes hand in hand with your own self. Like if you've been, if things continually go wrong, I know for myself, it is like a conscious effort to make sure that I try to switch my thinking, you know, and I don't know how that works for a team. I don't know how you rally a whole team of 53 players or 54 for the chargers, if that is possible. But I know that something isn't working. Uh, you can blame it on the coach. You can blame it on the organization. You can blame it on the players. You can blame it on all of them. Uh, but I think that something, there is something missing. And uh, I heard Tony Dungy actually talking about it, or actually Herb Meyer, uh, Herb, Herb, Herb Edwards actually uh, was talking about it, of just learning how to win and how to get that personality. And once you do, you kind of get that ingredient on how to do it. So uh, I'm wishing that the best uh, for San Diego Chargers, for those players. I know those players want to win as well, uh, regardless of what some fans may think. Uh, but I do think that an organization, something rolls down. It rolls down all the way to the janitors. So that's something to think about as well. Is this, is this a personality of the franchise? Um, and many agree that it might be. So is this a plague of injuries? But these injuries, I, it's hard to have them not be coincidences uh, with this many injuries at skill positions this year, last year. Uh, there has been no change in strength and conditioning. Uh, I heard when I was driving in as well, they were playing a little bit about LT when he went to the Jets and just how different it is. Um, and, you know, and this is another interview I heard on Scott and BR, but he was sharing about just how it was totally different. Um, they, it was a different facility, different organization, and different things in place to really help those players, um, food and 
you know, working out in different situations. So, all right, I'm babbling on, uh, but I, I'm going to go here, actually. I will go more with the Chargers fans. Oh, I'm going to read something, though, that somebody posted on Instagram. And I don't know if you guys all feel the same way or not, but I thought I'd throw it out there. So, um, 533 Renee is said, uh, in, in response to a post asking what he thought about the Chargers, he said, do the Chargers need any help packing or with the move? I will help uh, with a um, hysterical laughing face. So I don't know if you guys feel the same way. You know, I just don't know. So I don't know. It's got to be tough to be a Browns fan. And I think San Diego fans agree it's tough to be a Chargers fan. So how do you go from here? How does that change your football season? I know for me, football is, like, huge. I love football. I watch a football life. I watch football every, every night that it's on, uh, I mean, essentially, um, except for Friday nights unless USC is playing. So, all right, coming up. Um, as <laughs> is anybody listening out there? I'm really off my A game tonight. Uh, again, uh, technical difficulties, which I'm going to use as total excuses. Uh, but I do want to speak a little bit. I'm going to speak. I uh, just want to, again, wish my brother-in-law a happy 50th birthday. He's awesome. He's an amazing guy. He is a Jets fan. Um, and uh, I had a pretty cool shirt made for him as well. So... Let's get those notes. I think I've got some guests coming at the door right now, though, which might be even better. Better than listening to me ramble today as I am searching for my words. I don't know what is going on. Um, so I'm going to do with that. I'm going to leave you guys with a little bit of music, uh, a little bit more. And I don't know if you guys picked up on it. That was uh, Ray Barbie. Um, I'm going to get Ray Barbie and the Matsons as well coming up. And soon coming up, I'm really excited to welcome Aztec for Life, Oceanside Pirate. He bleeds green. He's constantly giving back, and they have just arrived. So coming up next, Mr. Roberta Wallace. This is the Desiree Show. First downs and flip tricks, and as promised, a little Ray Barbie meets the Matsons. <laughs> Welcome back. This is the Desiree Show on World Tune Radio. First downs and flip tricks. And I am super excited, as promised. Um, I've got an amazing man here tonight, uh, an athlete. He's got an amazing new facility also. And, whoops, Oceanside Pirate for life. Uh, an Aztec, go Aztec as well. He played for the Dolphins. He also played for the Titans, a wide receiver. He's the owner and the founder of Keen Performance. He's also quite a photographer and someone who truly cares. He's constantly giving back. Uh, someone also I am truly blessed to call a friend. I'd like to welcome Mr. Roberta Wallace. How are you doing, Desiree? I'm good. Thanks so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Of course. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No, so, I mean, busy, busy guy. I know, uh, first off, you just got back from Ireland. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and when you told me that a, a week ago or two weeks uh, two weeks ago, Probably two weeks ago now, yeah. I had no idea what this was going to be about. Uh, mm -hmm. It's pretty pretty neat what you were just out there for. You want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, I'd say maybe back in February, my former agent or current agent, whatever we call him, 
uh, approached me with the idea of a show that they wanted to film. The reason that idea even came about is because he is Conor McGregor's agent. Okay. Um, he approached me with the idea. I, you know, initially when he mentioned it to me, it just went in one ear and right the other. Um, two weeks later, he hits me up again like, hey, do you want this gig or not? And I said, well, tell me more about it. And he explained, to make the long story short, it was they wanted to film a documentary on basically a trade, a show called The Toughest Trade. They wanted to bring a Gaelic footballer, as they, as they call it, and trade places with a former NFL player. Um, of course, when they said that, you know, they would, it was all an expense-paid trip, they would take me out, basically a paid-for vacation, I said, of course, to Ireland? I mean, who would have thought? And um, that's, that's how we ended up in Ireland, and it was, it was a great idea, it was a great experience, I loved it. Um, I just recently went back, like you mentioned, uh, as a follow-up. Uh, the show was a hit, and um, I go back in a heartbeat. Right on, right on. Well, congratulations. Yeah, yeah that was big. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. You were born in Panama City. Um, how Growing up in Panama, what was that like? Well, gr growing up in Panama was a very, now at least that I look at it as an adult, it was a very, very unique, special situation. And the reason I mention that is because um, my dad was... Um, is a former immigrant like myself. He came to this country uh, as a young kid um, to just better his life, like most of the people do around the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, he joined the military when he was 21. Um, uh, he got stationed everywhere. You know, he did his time, put in his line, his work. You know, and earned his stripes. And then essentially, he got stationed in Panama. Being from Panama, it, it made sense. Uh, Panama used to be a territory, which explains why the U.S. military was there due to the mm -hmm. canal and those type of things. So I was born and raised in Panama not knowing, really thinking, and I still do, that Panama was really the best place in the world. <laughs> it was my little bubble. I was like, there's no better place in Panama. There, there, there can't be. Um, I would go to school on base, and then I would live off base. So at one point in my lifetime, I did not speak English. I think I learned how to speak English when I was six. Um, so due to that, I was a uh, ESL kid throughout you know, my school years. Um, that's English as a second language and um, it was just very very special um, just um, being able to just go on base and go to school um, go to one of you know what I thought was one of the best school systems back then DOD systems uh, it was just a regular civil school but just inside a base and then I would after school just drive right out and go <laughs> into another world it was like going into the states and then driving back out into another world um, so and, like on the international border. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure, you know, people that have, you know, maybe be in that situation can relate. It's like being in Germany, being in Guam, being in Puerto Rico, you know, anywhere like that where they have uh, military presence. Mm -hmm. I, uh, the being, uh, how grateful are you, though, to be bilingual? I mean, I, I, I was raised speaking French and Flemish and English. Mm -hmm. My mom was Belgian. Mm -hmm. And so I think... I maybe I probably talk like I'm five years old mm -hmm. in French and in Flemish, but yeah. I understand. I yeah. think in French. I think yeah. in Flemish when I travel abroad. Mm -hmm. um, and here in the states, it's really a lot of people assume everywhere will play. Well, I don't know. I always have felt like it's a respect issue. Like mm -hmm. I'm grateful I get to give that back. Yeah, I know absolutely. And um, I just hope that my kids, you know, grow up doing the same. Um, it might be a little tough, you know, having a fiance that doesn't speak Spanish and understands very little. 
but you know I think it's doable still possible that's my goal I want to make sure that um, they do grow up with uh, you know uh, Spanish as a, one of their languages as well I think it's very important in today's age especially here in San Diego where um, there's a big majority of the population here that speaks Spanish yeah Oh, totally. If you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Roberta Wallace. You can follow him on Instagram at robertawallace18 or at Keen Performance. Uh, two different feeds, and also, obviously, all the other social media outlets are the same, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, how does how does a Panam- Panaman? Panamanian. Panamanian? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if that was right. <laughs> you're testing me now. Yeah. Um, from you know, get to Oceanside, and I mean, what what do you what sports are you playing in Panama? I mean, or uh, are you doing sports, or what? Wh- I mean, because I, from what I know, is you only started playing football here in high school. Yeah, so um, I've done a little bit of everything in my lifetime, and I've been one of those kids who's been blessed with the ability to just be good at anything that they, you know, set their eyes on, or just. It's been a blessing in that regard. So when I was growing up, I played baseball. That was my first sport. Um, I was that kid that would come up to the bat, and all the kids would back up a little bit. Uh Um, Then um, I'd play soccer as well, just because that's, you know, one of our biggest sports down there. Surprised I didn't do boxing. That's another one. But um, played soccer. um, Eventually, I just stuck to soccer. I played for the National Panamanian team when I was 11, 12, Uh and 13. Um, Then we had to move. We made a move. Um, so the whole Panama Canal thing with the states, the treaty ended in 1998. So along with that was my job, uh, my dad's job and everything. So we had to move as well. Um, and we ended up actually moving to Puerto Rico out of a few choices that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, lived in Puerto Rico for two and a half years or so. Um, there I actually was a skateboarder. Oh. I was actually skateboarding a whole lot uh, in San Juan. And uh, we were actually sponsored by a small skate shop over by in San Juan by the castle, El Morro, if you've ever been around that area. Um, I haven't, but Robert um, Robert Lopez? Yep, he's from there. Robert Lopez used, we to, used to stay at our house. I've shot a lot of photos no of way. him. Yeah, we, used to see, we used to see him skateboard, Robert Lopez. We used to be like, oh, my God, because he was like a god. He was really good. Yeah. Uh, at least, you know, I don't know what he's doing now, but back in those days, he was amazing. So um, did a little bit of everything, then got here to the States in 2002 from Panama. I moved back to Panama from Puerto Rico. In 2002, I arrived here to Oceanside because my dad has a sister here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was either between San Diego or New York. And we all know New York's not an easy place to grow up. And so um, my dad obviously made the, the choice of sending me here. And um, my aunt, uh, dad's sister, became my legal guardian. And that's how I ended up here. Right on, right on. Okay, and then um, I'm actually going to play something for you first before we go on, uh, before we move on more. And... There we go. Make sure this is all lined up, right? Uh-oh. It's not going back. Okay, there we go. Well, hi. This is uh, Coach John Carroll, <laughs> formerly Oceanside High School football coach. And uh, I understand that you have a guest with you by the name of Roberto Wallace, a young man that I had an opportunity to coach many years ago. As he came to us from uh, Panama and had not played the game of football and we got a chance to introduce him to it, and he went on to have a wonderful high school career, a wonderful career at San Diego State, and a wonderful career in the NFL. And I'm now out and about doing great things in the business world, uh, training and preparing athletes for outstanding performance. And, and uh, I know if I had young men, 
uh, in my life right at this particular time, kids at that age, I would be pushing them to participate with Roberto because uh, they, uh, you know there's absolutely no question that that uh, of all the people out there that I can think of, he trains them not just to be phenomenal athletes, uh, but to be phenomenal young men and women as well. And you know what? What can I say about Roberto? Actually, I can't say enough about Roberto. Um, my, all of my recollections are are about the character side of Roberto, his responsibility, his accountability. A uh, serious young man from from the first time I met him to today. Um, trustworthy, charitable. You know, constantly giving back to the local community here at Oceanside High School. Coming back and talking with kids and mentoring kids and and giving them advice as well as training them, uh, football players, soccer players. Uh, Roberto is just uh, one, of, one of the strongest examples of class and character throughout his life that uh, uh, any of the athletes that I've had the opportunity to coach. He's, he's right at the very, very top. Um, and Roberto, I hope you're doing well, and I uh, hope you enjoy your conversation there because... Uh, you are always and forever in my heart, and I respect and love you forever. All right, brother. Have a great time. Bye. All right. And for those that don't know, that was uh, head coach uh, John Carroll, or former head coach John Carroll from Oceanside High School. Um, tell us about being coached by this wonderful man. Um, well, right now, I mean, it's, it's a feeling that I can't uh, describe. Uh, he's definitely a very, he's been one of the most influential men in my life. Um, you know, just adapting to the American football culture was tough for me, being from a different country, from a different culture. Um, just assimilating to the American culture in itself was difficult. Um, uh, it, he honestly made the process, he facilitated the process. He, everything he has mentioned about me, which, you know, I'm flat, extremely flattered. I can't, you know, words can't describe how flattered I am right now with, by the things he's said. Um, but he is also that. He is, he's, he's a father figure to most of those kids. Uh, there's many, many kids on that team that don't know what that feels like or don't know what it is to have a father figure in their lives. And that's one of the things that he provides for his kids you know he loves his kids and when you can show a kid when you can demonstrate to a kid that you love them I mean they're pretty much willing to do whatever for you and I think that is what Coach Carroll is and was to many of those kids and that's what he was to me you know uh, I, I re you know just like I mentioned earlier he facilitated the process of assimilating to the sport um, and just my time there, I mean, it was just a, a great experience because of him. And not only just him, but just the whole staff in general. Um, they, they're all the same. He's just a great leader. Um, I mean, I would, right, I mean, still to this day, you know, we keep in contact and I would, you know, do anything for that man. And I'm just very honored and, you know, just at a, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's just amazing that, you know, we, we, um, we met and, I always say that, you know, the, the man upstairs just works in mysterious ways and he does things for a reason. And it's no coincidence that I landed in Oceanside. It's no coincidence that I came in contact with Coach Carroll, Coach Zimmerman, Ed Campbell, Girardi. I mean, those are all people in my life that really just facilitate the process for me becoming, you know, a, uh, 
a young adult here in the state, especially being from another country. It was it was very tough. I can tell you that. Many 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 times, um, I contemplated on quitting. You know, many times I called my dad and said, "Dad, I can't do this anymore." Because my dad wasn't here. By the way, it was just me and my aunt. So you can imagine how difficult it is for a 14-year-old to move to a foreign country and then try to make it on his own. Um, and for a lack of a better word, you know, to a certain extent, not literally on his own, but kind of. And um, yeah, he, Coach Carroll was that guy that I could trust and I could talk to about things, and he always just made things better. And, and that's Coach Carroll. I love that man. Yeah, that's um, he's. It's not just this crazy 234 wins and 74 losses and six ties. Yeah. It's what he teaches those yeah. kids or players or these young men in life. Yeah. I mean, I, I just it's uh, he's he's truly special and he feels the same mm -hmm. way about you. Totally, no. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, so now, you know, coaching. Okay, so coaching and mentoring. And you kind of now find yourself in a different role, but uh, we're going to stick with you as a player. Mm -hmm. You have had, okay, so from Coach Carroll, who was pretty much um, a staple in North County mm -hmm. football, period, mm -hmm. uh, until just recently, um, I mean, where he retired, mm -hmm. to going to become an Aztec mm -hmm. and redshirting your first year, having, uh, you know, Tom Kraft, then Chuck Long, then Brady Hoke within yeah. a five-year span, then going to the NFL and having Tony Sperano, then Tony Sperano fired, and then having Don Bull or yeah. Todd Bowles, yeah. and then having another coach, having Joe Philpin yeah. as well. I, I mean, you have had, uh, which, and for me, that alone is a lot of adversity, mm -hmm. uh, especially with such a huge role as a head coach. How or what did you take from... I mean, obviously, you took something from, or you had, you talk about this faith, but you had something that got you through sort of a lot of, I mean, and some losing programs yeah. as well, uh, coming from Oceanside, yeah. which was a winning program. A winning program. Um, I mean, well, let's first of all, I mean, let's talk about, uh, I mean, having the opportunity to play college football anywhere, having the opportunity to do your sport, period, is a gift. Uh, playing for the playing for the Aztecs, going yeah. to San Diego State. Um, what was that like opportunity for you? Well, um, and I'll say this off the top. And, um, I, first of all, I'll say I'm extremely proud of being an Aztec. I wouldn't change anything if I could do it all over again. I'm very, very happy that I went to San Diego State. Um, I had many, many, many offers coming out of Oceanside. Um, I think I something like, 14 or 16 full-ride scholarships, and there is many more programs that I could have chosen. I mean, even when I still tell people today, some of the offers that I received, they, they just kind of look at me like, what? You need to chose San Diego State? Well, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, if you think about it, I just moved here from a different country. I actually took a few of my visits, and it, it was difficult to establish, you know, friends and just kind of a, a routine, a rhythm, just get comfortable with San Diego and it took me a while, and then to have to do that again, um, it just wasn't even an option. And, yeah, you know, I enjoyed the, the process. I went on my, like I said, I went on my visits. You know, I took all the whining and dining, all the all the letters, all, all the praise. That was all great. But at the end of the day, I knew deep down in my heart I wanted to stay here. And that's really mainly the reason why I chose San Diego State. One of the things I was disappointed is they were the sixth school to offer me which is, I think, still today, wow. Ocean, uh, San Diego State misses out on a lot of San Diego talent that leaves here. Because if you look throughout the NCAA right now, there is a gazillion kids that come out of San Diego and are doing really, really well in college. 
is because San Diego State just takes too long to offer kids that are from here. There's from Oceanside alone. Yeah, Stanford yeah. has uh, Elijah you, Elijah yeah. Holder. Um, Stanford has uh, Stanford has Elijah Holder. Mm-hmm. Um, Micah Holder actually yeah. is here in San yeah. Diego. Uh, Ty Cottrell is in San Jose. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Jose Perez is a nephew is mm-hmm. playing for Stanford as well. Yeah. There's there's um, a lot of talent that comes out of San Diego and enough talent to be have a very very successful program. And I think kids are resentful. I mean, at one point I was resentful. I, I really, really contemplated on not going to, to San Diego State. And I think if my mindset at the time would have been different, even if I would have had the mindset that I have now, um, I would have chose differently. Um, I think uh, me being from a different country and had just recently settled down here in San Diego, that had a lot of leverage on my decision. So, um, But, you know, like I just mentioned, I wouldn't change it, you know, if, if, if I could. I think I made the right decision. Um, I also had a coach there by the name of Charles McDaniel, mm-hmm. who was a very, very um, influential man in my life as well. He was that coach that understood me, that you know would pick me up through you know my my tough times and and just kept me going. I mean, that that was the guy that got me through college, quite honestly. And I just actually recently drove to go see him um, and visited him at his house and. It was really, really, really neat, you know, to kind of reconnect. And, you know, he's also retired now. But he was a big role in the reason, you know, to my success there is just because he understood me. He, he cared, you know, and it's, it's hard to find coaches that care as you start going up the levels, you know, especially when you get to the pros. It's, yeah. it's just all the business. So, um, you know, my experience at San Diego State was amazing. Uh, like I said, I still, you know, go back and visit a lot of my um, uh, advisors and mentors and, and people that still work there when I was there because that's, you know, how they make their players feel. It's just like a family. And um, uh, and I just have nothing but great memories. San Diego State, you know, it's just, it was just, it was awesome. It was really na- nice to be able to just drive 30 minutes north and be back at home in Oceanside, you know. So, again, that was a big important reason to why I went to San Diego State. Right on. Uh, well, let's. Can you mention those other offers, or you want to throw out some sure. of the school names I, so uh, Aztecs might have a little more uh, expedi- yeah. expediting things yeah, a little they, faster? They need to. I, I mean, I had pretty much the whole Mountain West. I had Nebraska, Michigan State, cool. um, Oregon wasn't quite the powerhouse that they are now. They were kind of USC emerging was at that time. a little bit. <laughs> or no, U- actually, USC wasn't at that yeah. time. Uh, just U- afterwards. Yeah, USC actually. Pete Carroll came down to Oceanside. For Derek Shaw and myself, uh, he they came down with a receiver coach, and they made us basically run routes. You know, Derek throw to me and myself run routes after practice just so they could see us. It was essentially like a little private workout, which I don't even know if that's legal, but um, that's kind of what you do in the pros. And uh, they they came down. You know, they're highly interested. UCLA was there um, as well. I mean, I, I just had top schools, and I could have you know, chosen one of those schools, but it was just, I wanted to be a local hero. I wanted to stay here. I was ranked pretty high in the country coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to, to turn things around at San Diego State. And yeah, and then I get there and Tom Crass gets fired immediately. So talk about adversity right away. And um, and then we get Chuck Long and then he's gone. And then we get Brady Hoke, which was kind of like the, the savior. Came and saved the program, turned things around. You know, he really brought in the staff that you know, knew what they were doing. It was, it was amazing. You know, I was by far the best staff experience I've had in my football career, period. Um, 
and then I, you know, my senior year, I became one of the leaders, captains of the team, which, you know, I earned with a lot of sweat, blood, and tears, but mm-hmm. but it was great. Uh, I finished on a good note. Um, might not have the, the, the season statistically that I wanted to have, but still left, you know, on a good note, and finished with a strong performance my my last game against UNLV which they're playing this weekend yeah so. yeah well no and now they've got it's pretty exciting what's going on down there minus last weekend yeah um <laughs> but coming from you know and I and I wanted to address this as well is because it kind of goes hand in hand and it's obviously uh, San Diego is where I broadcast out of we do NFL players and from mm-hmm. all over the league mm-hmm. um learning how to win and also having that sort of amnesia after a loss, how do you, I mean, because you, you, you dealt with it. Mm-hmm. You, you unfortunately dealt with it with some of the teams you're on. Um, regardless, of, it looks like you, you take the positives, but how do you learn as a team to win? It's, as a team, it's a lot more difficult because, you know, it's, it, everything's contagious. If you're a positive, it's contagious. If you're negative, it's contagious. So um, it, it was definitely much much tougher as a team to overcome a loss and we're, we're all creatures of habit so it's almost like you get used to losing um at Oceanside I remember the mindset was we, we didn't even really think about losing because we knew we were going to win that's just kind of the attitude we had doesn't matter who we were stepping on the field with or we're going to win ah no we'll be all right because we're going to win I remember being down three touchdowns ah we'll be all right because we're going to win like literally that's how I thought in games mm-hmm. as bad as it felt as bad as it, it seemed in games at Oceanside, I remember telling myself, we'll be all right. We're going to win anyway, so it doesn't matter. That wasn't quite the same at San Diego State. At San Diego State, it was quite the opposite. I remember there was times where um, I even would hear players say, like, you know, what's the point? You know, we're going to go out there and lose. And, it's, and it's, it's that that you have to change. You know, it's just the culture, really, that you have to change. And I think um, it starts with the coaches because they're the ones who have the voice mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and I think that's what Brady did. He came in and he brought in the culture from the get-go. And we're talking from the first workout with Coach Wellman, Aaron Wellman, which was our strength and conditioning coach. He was just, they came in and they just massacred us. And they just, the message was, hey, things have to change around here. So I think it starts there and it starts with the coaches. Um, It's contagious, you know, the coaches aren't preaching it, you know, and they're not believing in it and they're not buying in, then no one's going to really buy into it. So I think that's where it starts. No, totally, mm-hmm. totally. I mean, that's Lorenzo always tells me that too. I mm-hmm. mean, and it is true. It's like the coach takes the team takes on the personality of a coach. Totally. I mean, and granted, also an organization, everything rolls down. Mm-hmm. So it also starts from the organization. In college, yep. you don't have that. In college, you have it's different yeah. versus the pros. Absolutely. Um, uh, what I do want to talk about is um, these, you know, God, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. Um, injuries. Um, you know, obviously, across the league, across the league this year, it seems particularly a sore spot. A lot of skill position players are going down um, with season-ending injuries yeah. uh, being, being placed on IR. I mean, Adrian Peterson's and, I mean, uh, Danny Woodhead locally and Keenan Allen locally. Yeah. And today, Jason Verrett is not on IR, but he's essentially out for the season. Um, what um, and what you are doing right now mm-hmm. with keen performance is how well I'm actually I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that yet I, mm-hmm. I'm but I'm gonna ask you as a player what um, I mean I know I met you in the off season during the NFL lockout yeah you were training with you know former you know Super Bowl champ uh, a lot of the uh, Green Bay Packers yeah. 
and also, um, you know, Matt Slater was there, mm -hmm. um, Kevin O'Connell was there, um, you know, yourself, uh, Jared, Jared Bush, Bush um, Anthony Tribio from yeah. Kansas City. There was quite a great group of guys working together in that off season. How do you help? How do you how do you overcome something like this? Um, from an injury standpoint. How is it? I mean, because it's a lot of soft tissue injury. I mean, it's a lot yeah. of injuries that are. Well, it, it, well, it starts with you. Um, unfortunately, as a younger player, and not all. I mean, as a younger player, when you get to the NFL. It's it, it takes a while for it to sink in. Let's just say that because I remember pinching myself many times, like, man, did I really make this roster? Or am I just dreaming? Um, but you know, as a young player, all the flash, all the popularity, the money, all that, it kind of gets you a little bit, and it, it it's a it's a distraction from football within itself. I mean, at least it was for me. You know, coming from a place where I had nothing to having everything. Um, I think it starts with you as a player. You have to be a pro, you know, taking care of your body. Are you, as soon as practice is over, are you showering and running home right away? Or are you staying and putting the extra work in? Are you taking care of your body? Are you eating the right things? Are you sleeping? Are you resting? I mean, soft tissue injuries, unfortunately, are things that, you know, there's not much you can do. I mean, a hamstring, even a tweak will, will keep you out. You know, now if you roll an ankle, you can tape it up and still play. If you have a, a banged up knee, you still might be able to play, but... Soft tissue injuries are just one of those things, unfortunately, that there's not much you can do. I mean, I, I, um, in college at San Diego State, I used to tend to have hamstrings, mm -hmm. and not very often, but when I did, they were pretty bad. Um, when I got to Miami in my second year, I tore uh, my left quad. Not, not a major tear, but enough to keep me out. You know, and it didn't show. I mean, I could walk normal. People would be like, "What's wrong with you? Like, why aren't you playing?" It's like, "Oh, I have a torn quad." Like, really? I didn't know that. Well. Because the moment you start, you want to sprint, that's when it kicks in. But you can walk, you can do everything else, you can do everything fine. So that's the frustrating thing about soft, soft tissue injuries where um, it's just enough to keep you out, um, although it might not show. But I think it's just unfortunately one of those things that um, it's all about how well do you take care of your body? What are you eating? What are you putting into your body? You know, Because we, we have Ferrari bodies, and if we're putting you know 87 gas in them, then it's not going to go very far. No, no, totally. It's all, it's mind, body, and soul. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think for everything, mm -hmm. uh, especially for anything. So I'm going to interject here, and I've got a quote actually from um, somebody you know as well. Mm -hmm. um, in the NFL, you come across a lot of faces and new teammates with the nature of the business, so it's tough to develop real relationships. You never know how long you'll be there. I met Roberto in San Diego while training with Doug Hicks at the time of our offseason. He was very genuine and humble guy. You don't see much of that in the professional level. A very unique thing I learned about him is that he grew up in Panama and soccer was his first love and is, and he's good. Uh, let me guess. Was that Anthony? Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, I think so that's, I think that's why we, we have such a cool group here in San Diego is because, uh, you know, for the most part, all of us were pretty genuine. I mean, I remember it was Brett Swain, Brandon Chiller, um, yeah. Anthony, um, uh, Jarrett. Um, so, yeah, we, we always actually, we kind of hung out quite a bit actually, you know, here in San Diego, and that's why. It's just because it was a good group of genuine guys, and um, of course, it was a no brainer. I played with Brett. Even though me and Brett were two years apart, we never really had a true friendship. We hung out kind of mm -hmm. at San Diego State from time to time. But, um, you know, it's just after, you know, I think everything kind of took shape after. 
college, post-college career. Okay. And then uh, on, on, on that vein, well, actually, well, yeah. So uh, Roberta Wallace, a physical specimen as a footballer. Happy to see him do his thing with keen performance. I know he is very knowledgeable in the sports world. Help to educate, develop, and guide the younger generation to reach their full potential. And that would be Jarrett Bush. Jarrett Bush? Uh, that's awesome. So, yeah, that's a great dude. And then I have another one who was actually played with you as an Aztec. wasn't Brett. I didn't reach Brett. Mm -hmm. um, but this was a quarterback who two years younger than you. Uh, so, Ryan um, Yep. It's from Ryan. Uh, so really happy for the success he has had on the field and now how he is contributing to everyone's goals at Keene, a perfect fit for what he is doing, a truly caring and talented individual who has so much to give to everyone he comes across. That's awesome. Thank you, Ryan. So, you got a lot of love and support. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. You can, those are testimonies for Keene as it's, well, it's right? Mutual. Yeah, it's mutual. <laughs> it's definitely mutual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, teammates and those relationships you make, you, you mm -hmm. just kind of brush on it with North County um, you are doing your own thing. You started. Let's 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 shift right now into Keen. What you're doing with Keen? Mm -hmm. This because this is a very special, very special and unique uh, facility. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to mess it up by saying what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. I want you to be able to share what what's going on because there's a bunch of different levels you guys are going at to help train people. Totally. Um, so well, Keen came about. It, it was pretty brief. You know, it, it wasn't something I planned. You know, like anything else, you'll never be prepared for marriage. You'll never be prepared for kids. I wasn't prepared for it to have my own business. It just really was something that, you know, it just came about on its own. And of course, I embraced the opportunity, um, and I just really ran with it. And the whole idea of Keen what came from me wanting a word that was meaningful, short, and I can make into a cool logo. I guess. I mean, and literally took me about ten minutes. I went, I went on Google. Started googling a ton of words that had meanings, and I obviously didn't want to, you know, name the facility something cliche and, you know, like next level or something like that. And no, that's you know, no in. no offense to anybody, you know, that might have next level in their name, but um, something like that. I, I, I like the word keen because I think it embellishes everything that an athlete is. Mm -hmm. You have to be keen on being better. You have to be keen on being a great citizen. I mean, it's, you have to just. It's enthusiasm, eagerness, sharpness. I mean, the word is, is a strong word, and so that's where Keen came about. So, um, Keen is a sports performance facility, but I know the name might sound a little deceiving because we now are merging or I guess we are trying to dabble into the adult market a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, we've never done that. I've never done that. Um, I've strictly worked with athletes most of my lifetime. And um, being one, it just made sense. It was an easy transition going from being an athlete to training athletes. But um, now being a, my third year in the industry, I realize that it can't be only about athletes. You, you know, you have to train pretty much everybody's an athlete if you really want to look at it that way. Um, we want to really attract the active mind individual that wants to come in and just break out of the routine of a, you know, machine-infested gym you know, where this is now a facility where they can come and do functional training, uh, cross-training, whatever they want to call it. Uh, it's definitely not CrossFit. We're not teaching 40-year-olds how to overhead snatch and then dislocate shoulders and things like that. So um, let me just get that straight. But <laughs> we're definitely trying to attract that individual that wants to come in and just do something different. Just come in and get their butts, butts kicked. So we're offering 
things like memberships, things that I have zero experience with. But you know, we're we're growing and we're learning along the way. You know, these are all growing pains. We're fairly new. We're going. We're, this is our seventh month since we launched back in April fourth, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's tough. You know, it's not easy. But you know, ultimately, I love what I do. You know, I get to impact kids' lives, people's lives, change lives. Um, there's no better satisfaction than having a kid come up to me and tell me how he's gotten faster, he feels better, and he's, you know, quicker, you know, that's really why I do what I do. And uh, it just gives me, you know, even, again, another platform to be able to just get back, you know, just like getting my Oceanside football team in there and getting trained or inviting coaches to come and learn, you know, for what we do. And um, it, it's just, you know, I feel like I have my dream job right now, and, and I plan on giving it everything I got to make this thing, you know, successful. So. No, that's that's a little bit about Keen, and that's what, kind of what we do right now. Well, and Keen is having or showing eagerness or enthusiasm, the definition, yeah. which is so perfect. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I mean, I know that wasn't an afterthought. Yeah. Um, and Keen is actually in Carlsbad, but also what I want you to share about. I mean, well, you've you've been working with a lot of mm-hmm. really top profile athletes mm-hmm. on collegiate level, on the NFL level, mm-hmm. uh, training guys. to go to the draft and the combine yeah. as well, uh, and now giving that to a, sort of a scientific approach mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to talk a little bit about that? I mean, the, because there's, there's certain tests that you guys do on your athletes and your customers or your uh, members. Yeah. I, I don't so, know how to kind of climb. Yeah, I, know I don't know how to make that sound right. <laughs> yeah, no, we, uh, so we take a um, AFS approach, which is Applied Functional Sciences, and it's just – it's all about functionality. So we, we train athletes in a way that is functional to the relative sports. You know, we don't want to train um, a volleyball player the same way we would train a football player or a soccer player the same way we would train a lacrosse player. So it, it all has its purpose. You know, we train to play. Uh, we train people to play, sorry. And um, so it's just it's very simple. It's nothing that I invented. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, we stick to our fundamentals. And I think once if we do that, we'll be all right. And it's it's all about just getting the kids stronger and if they get stronger, they get faster. I mean, it's just simple as that. It's like I, like I said, it's not that we have the secret sauce or anything like that. We just put a lot of work and a lot of passion into what we do at Keen. Uh, we really care. I care about every single kid that walks through that door. I know every single kid at a personal level, and that's because that's how I feel about it. You know, I I want to have that relationship with every kid, and every kid's different, and and this and that's why football helps us translate into the real world so well because we are on a team with you know. And at least in college, with 90-something players, there's 90-something personalities in there. And you have to be able to talk to every single person, you know, connect with every single person. It's the same way with the kids, you know. And I have my way with kids where, you know, I just, I'm able to break down walls. I have kids in there that come in and don't say a word. But, you know, by the third day, they're talking more than I remember the first time. So things like that, you have to have that niche, you know, you have to have that that capability of of connecting with kids and this just kind of goes back to what i mentioned about my coaches you know they loved us as athletes and i do the same for my kids you know i love them as my kids that's what they are and once i can demonstrate that to them you know they'll do whatever for me yeah no it sounds amazing and it's keen performance you guys in carlsbad and you can actually follow them on instagram on twitter on facebook at keen performance Mm -hmm. uh and a bunch of different tiers of memberships uh you know that you know people can go and check out but it's also geared not just to athletes Mm -hmm. uh or uh, you know it's true a lot of people are athletes 
Um, but but literally, it's geared to athletes and to the active mind individual, adults. Mm-hmm. So I'm still in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Former athletes. Oh, you can come in there. <laughs> we'll, we'll, Former we'll athlete wants to get back in shape. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll do. We'll make you look good. Shed pounds. Whatever you want. We'll make it happen. Nice. Nice. I might. We might be doing that. I might be doing a little video segment yeah, on that. Come on, <laughs> come on in. Testimonial we'll video. Um, and I want to ask. You know, I I, have the op- I love a football lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw Curtis Martin's uh, football life last night. I'm mm-hmm. a little bit behind this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did you have a chance to see that? I, yet? No, no, I'm watching Last Chance You right now, okay. which I think is funny because I was in the same situation with a lot of my teammates. But yeah. well, and then how? Let's then how? And that I want to talk to as mm-hmm. well. And we're going over a little bit. So if you're yeah. tuning in live, we're going to be winding it up here soon. Mm-hmm. PJ's on the PJ's recording for us right now, okay. so we are live still. And everyone can listen, and we'll let you get out of here soon. But being an undrafted free agent, mm-hmm. what benefit? Everyone talks about how tough it is to get on that team, but I mm-hmm. feel like it's a benefit because you've got a chip on your shoulder, and you seem to have to work even harder. Mm-hmm. You got everything to lose. So, and and that's the thing. I and think, everything to gain. And everything to gain. That is true. And I think uh, even now, um, in my experience in training kids, guys at least, you know, in the NFL Combine, it's always been a pleasure to work with the kid that is the underdog than the kid that knows he's going to get drafted first round or second round because they work harder for you. You know, they don't complain. They just do what they're told. And that's kind of the mindset I had going into the to the NFL, trying to make the team. You know, I was going against Vontae Davis, Sean Smith in the starting corners, and I was catching balls on them. I mean, many, many, many times. Of course, that's going to impress the coaches. Like, you got this monster coming in here, freakish athlete, and he's free agent. He's cheap. Heck, yeah, we want him, you know. So, that's kind of the approach I took. I was so hungry going in there. I it was I gave it all. I mean, it's just like I had, like you said, nothing to lose and everything to gain. You know, it's like I'm here. I'm going to make the most of it. So that's kind of my attitude and how I went in. Yeah, you know, I had my days when I was like, man, do I re- why am I doing this? Because I will wake up and feel like I got ran over by a train, and um, especially in camp. But the end result was all worth it. And it's just kind of the same approach that I take with everything I do now. You know, what I'm doing now, it's hard. You know, it not, may not be physically at times, but mentally hard you know it's draining i get home and i'm exhausted i don't have anything left in me but um it's i I know the end result will be worth it you know you work hard and it pays off so how where did you get this where did you learn this sort of innate um humility i don't i I I mean because you do you have always had this humility a, a gnarly work ethic Always worked hard. Um, I don't know. I think it's really been cultural, and I think uh, my parents are the ones to uh, give the credit to. Uh, my dad has always been that person. Just I think just watching my dad. My dad would do whatever for us. I remember my dad had to take a janitorial job just to get us to go to school on base, and just see my dad do that. I mean, it's just that he's that's my parents are my heroes. That's why I do everything. That's my motivation. I talk to them uh, every other day on Facetime. They live in Panama now. We Facetime um, and. Um, that's really my motivation. I, I think about them on my hard times when I'm struggling and I'm not feeling. I think about them, and it just it just makes it all better. And I think that's where it came from. It's just the culture. I wasn't born here. I, I grew up, was raised on different. I, I don't want to say. I'm not saying people here in the states don't have morals, but um, it was just. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. To be honest, I, it's it's a hard question to answer, but. Um, I'm no stranger to hard work. I think that's just kind of what it takes, and I've experienced it. I, I've seen what hard work can do for you, and I know that. You know, it's, no one can tell me stories about hard work because I've been there, done that, plenty of times. No, and you have, you mm-hmm. have. 
um, adversity like this team like I also last last few questions mm -hmm. is uh, Chargers locker room mm -hmm. um, and well and for actually no I want to ask who did you root for on Sundays I mean you ended up in Miami which yeah. seemed in proximity it was really close as close as you get to Pan yeah. from Panama yeah. is was there a reason why you went to Miami or well the when uh, I was, first of all, I was supposed to get drafted in the seventh round. I literally, Tampa Bay Bucks call me before the seventh round even starts and say, hey, we have five picks in the fifth round. One of them is for you. I'm not even going to – you can imagine what happens next. The round ends, never got that call. So right before the draft ends, right before they, they called Mr. Irrelevant, you know, as they call the last pick in the draft, uh, my phone's going off. I mean, going off the hook. And I'm talking to one team, and this, you know, this other team calling. I'm hanging up on that team, answering for another team. I had, I was blessed enough to have 15 teams total call after the draft. And after, you know, I finished my conversation with all 15 teams, uh, I analyzed with my agent rosters in terms of what would be the best opportunity for me to go. And it ranked, actually, believe it or not, Chargers was the number one team for me to go to. Really? Um, yeah, they were, that was the year that, um, uh, what's his name? Not Malcolm Floyd. Yeah, Malcolm Floyd was, I think, free agent, and he was not going to come back. And then they had, what's his name that went to Tampa? I forget. Um, Vincent Brown. Yeah. DB. Uh, Vincent Brown, yeah. Uh, he was also in negotiations. Long story short, I mean, they, they were in a need desperately for receivers. So that was my number one choice. Number two was Cleveland, and then number three was Miami. And... Me having gone to Oceanside, gone to San Diego State, I was definitely not going to stay in San Diego again. <laughs> that was just not going to happen. I don't even care that I was number one. So I said, nope, not going there. Definitely not going to Cleveland. I've actually been to Cleveland before, and I cannot live there. There's no way. Um, so I guess Miami was my choice. So I was like, well, well, I'm going to Miami. And I told my agent right away, I'm going to Miami. He's like, no, I think you should go to the Chargers. I said, nope, I'm going to Miami. He's like, all right, it's hot. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to Miami. Um, so I went there and just made it happen, really. I mean, I wasn't intimidated by, by anything else at that point. Uh, ownership. You've had the opportunity to be on two different NFL organizations mm -hmm. and also another uh, in the CFL. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm just going to talk about the National Football League, the Titans mm -hmm. organization and also with Miami Dolphins. Mm -hmm. how, how does that play or how does that roll down as a player? Like, a, I mean, uh, Miami's got a mm -hmm. multitude of owners. Yeah. I mean, it's a... They, they have people who ha own shares but they have a main owner I don't know if they still do by the name of Steven Ross he's the real owner he owns the majority of the team mm -hmm. maybe 80% of the team and then you have all these celebrity owners that own maybe you know a little percentage of the team but um, in all reality Steven Ross is the owner um, I didn't really get a chance to get too close to the Tennessee Titans organization but if I had to compare the two from my experiences um, I think there's just too much going on in Miami, and I think you mentioned earlier, it trickles down to the players, to the organization, and it reflects on the organization, how they treat their players, who they trade, things like that. I mean, there's no, there's, it's not a secret why New England is so successful. I think they have an awesome owner. Um, he's very involved, and then, you know, you have owners like uh, Jerry Jones, who is very involved. The owner in, in Miami... It wasn't. I mean, I remember there was a time where we were on the field and Reggie Bush had just came had just uh, came over to us from, I think he was with uh, the Saints uh, mm -hmm. before that. And Stephen Ross didn't even know who Reggie Bush was. And so, I mean, to just, I guess, to give you an example. So, 
um, that's the that's the kind of organization that you know I was playing for back then. Um, I, I I was fortunate to play for a, a, what I think was a great coach, Tony Sperano. You know, I think that he's the reason why I made that team. And Bill Parcells was on on the staff there as well when I was there. And um, so they were the ones who took a liking onto me, and they were, in all honesty, the, the reason why I made that team. Yeah, that's some pretty mm-hmm. impressive. And and Bowles, Todd Bowles. Yeah, Todd Bowles. I mean, yeah, I right. I mean, that's he was right. interim. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. and last question then is San Diego. Mm-hmm. This locker room. These guys have lost three close games that they were ahead. Mm-hmm. If you are a player, what would you say? What would you say to those players or that? Or if you were in that locker room right now, how would you try to rally these guys back? I mean that's that's it's tough because I have seen those three losses and they've been you know where they've been ahead for quite a bit and then in the last minute they lose it that's just a dagger to the heart it's devastating definitely kills your morale it, it it's hard to pinpoint at that point like what's really wrong with the team because you're not losing you're, I mean they lost by one point I mean they could have gone either way and I, I guess what I would say to those players right now is just you know. Um, it's like my 2012 season at Miami. We lost seven straight games, and then we won out of the, the nine. We won seven in a row. So uh, it's still not too late. Still turn it around. They just kind of they got they have to stick together. I think this is going to test their character as a team, um, what they're made of, and I think if they stick together and they just continue to do what they're what they're doing, practicing hard, working hard, and uh, following the plan, I think that they can they can easily turn it around. I mean, it's just so early in the season still, you know. So yeah, but so easy to start being negative or being positive. Absolutely, totally. Well, um, and actually, Red's looking here. I want to thank Red's. All okay, let's wind it up, girl. I <laughs> know <laughs> he's not. Um, <laughs> no rush. You're fine. No, no. Okay. Um, no. Well, coach. Okay, well, okay, and then uh, another assessment. Well, uh, who did you root for growing up? Uh, football? Yeah. I did not know what football was, so I was 15. Uh, at Oceanside. So, when you were at Oceanside High School, uh, were you? No nobody. Okay. I really had. Did you root for college players that went to Oceanside? I, or? No. That's okay. the thing. The, the football culture took so long to sink in. I mean, I was playing it, and yeah, I was kind of good at it, but it was never something that I was so passionate about. I can tell you what, who every single professional soccer player was. But I cannot tell you who Pay Manning was when I was in high school, you know, and and that's just what it, that's how long it took for me to transition into the football world. Um, I was playing catch up for a while, uh-huh. and everybody would tell me that. I mean, what I heard the the most was, man, this kid's upside is you know, is ridiculous because he's such a physical specimen. He could do this. He's so big and athletic and fast. He can do this and blah 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 blah. But his football IQ has to catch up, and that and that's just what it was. I mean, I was playing against kids that had a 12-year head start on me. And for me to accomplish what I was able to accomplish in such a short time, I think it was incredible. Um, coming from another country and just playing two years of contact football in high school, not Pop Warner, yeah. high school, and create the attention that I was able to create and, you know, accomplish things I was able to accomplish, I think, uh, was just a feat within itself. So it took me a while to catch up. Um, I think I came into my own believe it or not my senior year and in the pros where I was you know confident I knew what I was capable of things like that and just not really caring you know what other players or other people thought of me and just going out there and just doing it that's cool you definitely got to watch that um 
uh, Curtis Martin um, yeah. a football life because he only started in high school mm-hmm. um, as a junior mm-hmm. and didn't know anything about football. Yeah. But Likewise. he just ran. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's just there's something I like. There's something really cool. It's kind of like people that don't have social mm-hmm. media. I'm always sort of like, that's so cool. Yeah. No, <laughs> and, you definitely. know, I love that you don't have that. You know, that's so neat. Yeah. Um, and any fine, any last thoughts you want to throw in there? Um, last thoughts. Well, you know, I'm, first of all, I'm just extremely, you know, thankful for all the people who chimed in and uh, left the quote, and obviously very thankful for Coach Carroll's kind words. And um, it, it, it was just definitely a wonderful experience to be here and just to see the support, you know, that I have from you know former fr- uh, former pl- uh, players that I played with and former coaches, you know, still today and. It's just amazing. It's just you know, it's just awesome to realize you know that there's people out there that still, you know, are are rooting for you. I mean, not like literally on the field rooting for you, but just rooting for you in general. So, um, very insightful here today. Very very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I would do it again for sure if you needed me to. So, um, that's really all I got to say. Just come check us out at Keen. Uh, we're brand new, trying to change lives and impact, uh, make an impact in the community. So come support us. Yeah, and go follow them. That's right. Come follow us. Come see what we do. Yeah, right on. Cool. Thank you so much, Roberto. Actually, thank yeah. you, Andrea. No, and thank you, Red. I want to thank Red as well. Uh, Red is being uh, quiet here. He's in yeah. the studio as well with us. He's not here, really. No, he's... I <laughs> 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 uh, also want to thank Ryan Lindley. Um, obviously, Coach, uh, Coach John Carroll, um, Anthony Tribio, and Jarrett Bush uh, for making the time to uh, get those uh, quotes to me uh, on you. And thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Desiree Show. And have a phenomenal night. Have a good week. I'm out. Are you tired of pain, taking pills, whether over-the-counter or otherwise? Are you looking for a natural way to help your body and your sanity that's also affordable, drug-free, and will block your pain? This is Desiree Astorga, and I am grateful to have partnered with a brand I truly believe in, a product I use, and to have Biomedical Life Systems as a sponsor of the Desiree Show podcast. Rebound Sport is your answer. It is for me. This amazing stimulator works with your body to alleviate pains due to overexertion, soreness, even helps strengthen your muscles. Biomedical Life Systems has been making this unique tool in prescription form for a long time, but it's also available to you over the counter. Head over to BMLS.com and order yours today.